Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and I don't suck, and neither does the Pipples podcast, but anyone who plays the Riders, they suck. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Let's go, Rider Nation. I'm ready. I'm ready. the Johnny McKegg band with here we go and this is the Piffles podcast your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast episode 208 say no or yes to Bo my name is Alex and Steve is not here because he's ubering riders around because you don't drive drunk you idiots well they do and that's the problem you can give us a follow at Piffles pod on Twitter you can give me a follow at real Alex D and once again, I do not need nor want your pity follows at Greg on Sports. Well, we thought everything was going to be quiet with a bye week. It was, uh, you know, there's no way the Riders could lose this week. Everything's all hunky dory. And uh, then we came back from the bye week. And how, how bad can you be to lose a bye week? We found out. Uh, you knew it had to happen at home. Teams aren't good at home anymore. I don't know what it is. Edmonton can't win at home. For three years, Ottawa has only won twice at home. The Riders lost five straight at home. It's, I don't know. But they Let's deserve get... it. We don't deserve it. They deserve it. Let's get to the opening kickoff. <laughs> of course, Piffle's podcast is brought to you by Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. So there's going to be a lot of negative in this show. I'll, I'll just be straight up with people right now because there's a lot of stuff I'm not happy about with this team. But we just had Festivus. We <laughs> yeah, legit literally just had Festivus. Yeah. Well, the damn team couldn't have got this all out before the bye week. They have to do it during the bye week. Um, but let's let's focus on the good news right now. The big one, Dan Clark back at practice, taking starter reps, back in his normal spot at center, should be a good to go for Friday against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I'm excited for this, which if you've listened to this show for the last six years, one, you need help. Um, but two, um, you know we're not Dan Clark's biggest fans. And over the last couple of years, we've turned into more Dan Clark fans um, because of the importance that he has shown to this team. And he is the heart and soul of that offensive line, which has been god-awful all season long. And to get him back is absolutely great news. And even if you're easing him in a little bit, I don't even know how you do that with an alignment, but even if he were to rotate a little bit with Logan Bandy, I guess, during the game itself, to me, that's that's still a good thing. Get him ready for the stretch run here where they're going to absolutely need him. You know what they say, if you live long enough, uh, you either die here or become the villain and obviously our, our turn on Dan Clark has made us the villains because man yeah it's I can't believe we're excited to see Dan Clark come back especially how this spot started but yeah he's he's the leader of that line like you could there was an obvious drop um, after he was gone everyone wants to say the line looked bad all year they looked pretty good the first couple games and then he went down and then it was chaos after that and Bandy's did well but there, he definitely does not have that veteran presence on that line, that leadership. And I'm kind of curious, do they put like Sid Johnson down and put Bandy over there? Give him a shot? Because he, he played well. Well, it's uh, going to be interesting if they have Evan Johnson or uh, Josiah St. John playing guard. Uh, apparently that's an option. Uh, because Logan Furland is back as well, too, from the looks of it. He'll be good, should be good to go um, as well. So that'll shore up the uh, the interior there beside Dan Clark. And Taryn Vaughn was taking number one reps this week, too. So if you can get your left tackle back along Taryn. I like Taryn Vaughn. I really do. I think he's a very good lineman. Um, he just can't stay healthy. So if he can get rid of his injury snap that he's on um 
and get back to his what 2019 self, that'd be a huge win for the Riders. And all of a sudden, their offensive line, while still not the best in the league, doesn't look actually all that bad. You give Cody a couple more seconds back there. Maybe you can set his feet, find one of our really, 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 really good receivers down the field that won't be running scared. Anything at this point is hell throw a tackling sled at this point. I just need Cody to learn to set his feet and throw. And also good news. um, You mentioned those really, really good receivers, Duke Williams back practicing as well too. So it should be all systems go at least on offense in terms of, uh, O-line and receivers, um, not so much with the running backs. Uh, Frankie Hickson, we found out, out four to six weeks with a fractured hand, um, joining Jamal Morrow in the Broken Hand Club. Um, They'd like have a handshake. Well, not anymore. It would just be the plain rock, paper, scissors, but always going rock. Trusty rock, nothing beats a rock. (laughs) Good old rock. <laughs> ah, like it sucks seeing these guys get hurt. Frankie Hickson's been so good when he actually gets the ball, but at the same time, I know a lot of people are upset about it. But Jason Moss refuses to use running backs after the first quarter anyway. So if you're only going to give out five handoffs, okay, Keenan LaFrance, Sean Wilson, sure, why not? Yeah, you're. Your running back and Jason Moss offense is primarily there to pick up the blitz and yeah, maybe a dump out and a couple a uh, couple yards on on running. But yeah, it, it sucks to lose him, but it doesn't really change the game plan that much. So, so we'll talk a little bit more about uh, the lineup here coming up when we look at this game against Winnipeg. Um, Want to go back to something that popped up after we did our show last week, and Craig Dickinson uh, had to. Um, acknowledge it this week as well too. Last week, Craig Dickinson saying this team's not a good team, which I said is the first truth we've heard from Craig Dickinson all season long. It was the first non-cliche. We I love the guys and BS stuff that he gives us. It was the first time he was being truthful and honest, and I appreciated that. And he wasn't wrong. They're not a good team right now. The way that he worded it could have been better. He should have said, we're not playing like a good team. Because that's indisputable. But to say that we're not a good team, okay, yes, the record's six and eight. Yeah, they're not a good team. But if it hurt. If Craig hurt. Dickinson survives and goes into this lame duck season next year, they need to get him media training. I love listening to Craig Dickinson like, when we were spent more time at the field getting quotes from uh, Craig during those scrums, great guy, but he has the knack of saying the dumbest things on a live mic that I've ever heard as a coach. Because this entire thing with his team did not need to happen. He wasn't wrong. They, they, they aren't a good team, but at the same time, when you're telling the players, yeah, we're, we're just a break here and there trying to keep their hopes up. And then you go on, on your radio show saying uh, that you're not a good team or you do it at a presser. Of course, of course the, they're going to think uh, the wires are crossed. And then you have Nick Marshall getting upset about it on Instagram saying, well, that's not what you're saying to our face coach in the locker room. And so to me, I mean, that's much ado about nothing. That's just somebody like Nick Marshall overreacting, but what bugged me was Craig Dickinson backtracked that this this week when he was asked about it. Well, it was a quote taken by Three Down Nation out of context, which has happened before, yes, but at the same time, own it. We are not we are not a good team right now. Just say it. We have to get better. I have to get better, and it's my job to do so. That's what you do as the coach. It is ultimately your responsibility to make this team a good team. So take that responsibility, say we're not playing good, and that's my fault because I don't have the guys ready. Don't blame the players. Don't even remotely have that come as come in as a, as a possibility. You blame yourself. You take the responsibility. 
You take the pressure off the players that way. And you go from there. Like Dick, Dickinson just, I, I, I'm getting madder, madder by the week. This week he made me defend three down nation. I do not want to go out of my way to do that. And he made me do it. Because that quote was not out of context. You said the words, Craig. There's a video of it. They posted the video of it. So just say I screwed up. We talk, we we dealt with it as a team and move on. Like uh like he needs media training because he's just digs himself deeper and deeper holes. Because the reporting was accurate, so don't say it's not. Believe me, three down is known to blow things out of proportion and overplay the rider's hand, but and they're guilty of it and they know they are. So Hey, they got bills to pay. Exactly. Like, yes, they get paid by the click. But <laughs> this wasn't them being over dramatic. That's what he said. They reported what he said. He fed right into it. So don't 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 blame that don't blame the monster if you're gonna uh, throw at the live meat because you did it. Yeah. Well, I mean, he has the chance to to right that wrong by going out and beating Winnipeg. If he does that, if the Riders go into Winnipeg and win this oh week, which I'm not expecting. But if they do, that changes things. So ultimately, we'll get a happy Cody press conference for once. Yeah. Well, it ultimately comes down to wins and losses. And that's all people care about at the end of the day. Yeah, they want you to be a good guy and whatnot, too. But ultimately, if you're winning, that's all that matters. So you have to be a good team. This sustained success that the Riders have been preaching the last couple of years, well, they've gotten worse and worse and worse every single year. So I don't know. We've we've talked about it at we've talked about it ad nauseum. Just like the changes are coming in the off season, what those changes are going to be and how high those changes go is is still remain to be seen. But something will happen, and this is what we have this year. So, whatever. But we'll see what uh, what Craig says after this game. If if they get blown out, I, I don't know. Like if I'm one of the media there, I'd be like, so Craig, are you guys a good team? That's question number one. If, if if they if they get the doors blown off them again by Winnipeg, that is the first question out of reporter's mouth. It better be. They would and never let, let, let. Let's see if he learned anything. Could you imagine if they let us in to ask that? <laughs> they should. Should. They won't. <laughs> um, one other thing here in the opening kickoff. Um, obviously, as there's no game to recap since the Riders had their bye week, um, the playoff race and the Riders hold their destiny. They need to hold off Hamilton, basically, from the looks of it. And they have the big matchup against Hamilton next week, which is uh, if Hamilton wins this week and the Riders lose, then all of a sudden next week's game is absolutely massive, even more you know, massive than it looks already. But I love this. Cody Fajardo saying, if the Riders punch their tickets to the playoffs, teams will be afraid of us. Um, hey, Cody, what teams exactly would be afraid of you? Would it be the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers who have beaten you twice already this year that you can't figure out? Would it be the Calgary Stampeders who have you haven't played yet, but yet are playing pretty damn good right now. They're almost looking like the stamps of old. The uh, the BC Lions, who you only beat when their third-string quarterback was in. Would this be the Toronto Argonauts, who beat you both times they played you? Would this be the Montreal Alouettes, that, uh, yes, you beat once, but they also blew you out in another game? I'm curious what teams exactly would be afraid of seeing the Riders in the playoffs. Even if the Riders were to go on a big streak right now and and win out their final four games. I don't see a team that would be scared of them. If they won, if they beat Calgary twice and put the boots to Hamilton and beat Winnipeg, you might have a few teams going, okay, this team actually is for real. Would they be scared? Probably not. But it's 
it's better than what te- every uh, team in the CFL thinks about the Riders right now. Like we just lost to friggin' Edmonton. So scared, no. But that's what Cody needs to say. That's if he would have came out and said, "Yeah, you know, we're gonna be lucky to make the playoffs," and you know, it's gonna be an early thing. Like everyone would be down to start too. Like so, I don't blame him for saying that. But <sighs> I would maybe say I wouldn't want to play us. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would make it more about yourself than what other teams are going to do. Be we will we'll surprise some people who are doubting us right now. Something like that. Make it make it more positive as opposed to trying to say Winnipeg's going to be shaking in their boots because of, because of who the riders are. We we set up and down. This team has some talent. They just can't seem to find that next gear. Like our, we we've got some really good players. I just we just can't put in a full game. Ever like Wather had his worst game last last week. Adam had his worst game last week. Like it's just the mistakes that are being made. They shoot themselves in the foot. At some point, they need to find the answer. I just, I mean, they're two and seven against playoff teams right now. Likely going to be two and eight. And then you have two against Calgary coming up shortly after that. Like you have to beat these guys at some point. And it does come to uh, like a psychological thing on your own end. Like if you can't beat these guys and you got to go against all these guys in the playoffs, where's your headspace at? We can't beat them. And that, but that also comes to where these guys are pros. They need to shake it off. It's, it, it's that double-edged sword. When you look at how soft these guys have been lately, do they have that that pro mental toughness to be able to do that? But they haven't I, shown I it think, yet. I think a handful of them do. Mainly the vets, most of the vets, anyway. But the rest of them, I don't see that in them. They're they're missing that. They're missing that edge. Now, they can if they go out and, and beat Winnipeg in Winnipeg, I'll be singing a different tune next week and saying, okay, this team might actually truly believe in themselves and can go on a run. Because if they are going to get healthier outside of the running backs here, but getting your offensive line and your receivers, all of them good to go, then that's when you want to start playing your best footballs at the end of the year going into the playoffs. So if they can get it on a little mini heater here win three of their final four games i would absolutely be singing something different going into the playoffs and that's right the thing now about, i can't see it and that's the thing about football playoffs it's a it's a one game series wacky crap has happened before so yeah if you get if you can get on a run you can definitely make noise in the playoffs Problem is, though, they still need to make the playoffs. They they haven't even come close to clinching yet, even as bad as the East has been this year. So, there's still a possibility of them being on the outside looking in. And, oh, my God, the chaos that's going to cause. If Hamilton can figure things out and win a couple games, especially that big match next week against the Riders, and the Riders go, what, 1-3, 0-4, which, you look at that schedule, 1-3 is... Yeah, you can absolutely see it happening. Then who knows? Two and two is the best outcome they can hope for. One and three is a possibility. Oh, and four, or oh and four is a nightmare, but you're not going to get more than two wins. I just don't see it. Wonder if they had a different quarterback, if things would change. That's the opening kickoff presented by Kathy Festion of Royal Page Regina Realty. Let's jump to the Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones. And another quarterback maybe on his way. Would you say yes or no to a potential trade of Bo Levi Mitchell to Saskatchewan? There's no way Calgary trade. First of all, I just want to, I want to say this. There's no way Calgary trades. No way. Yes. In- yeah. Mary. Yeah. Not in season. Mary is their guy and he is going to be their guy, but. If they trade Bo Levi Mitchell, they have no backup plan. So at least Calgary's comfortable enough to know, God forbid, Mayor takes a bad hit in the next 
four games, at least they have Bo Levi to take them through the playoffs. At the end of the season, all bets are off. He's either walking or they're trading him. Chances are they, they'll, they'll probably look at trading his rights, but I, I still think Bo is probably going to look for uh, wait, wait it out to the uh, free agency. Well, yeah, nothing's going to happen. No trade is going to be made. You're right before the, the trade deadline here. Bo's staying in Calgary. Absolutely. They'd be foolish to trade him for the reasons that you mentioned. How great is it to have the best, like the most winningest quarterback in CFL history in terms of percentages sitting on your bench just in case? Like That's a pretty good luxury to have. So why would you get rid of that for – and honestly, you probably wouldn't even get much in season for him. You wait. And the real question to me is how long after the season ends do they trade him? And which team makes that play right away to give up a second round, third round, first round, whatever it ends up being, it's going to be a draft pick uh, to get his rights before free agency. And when you look around the league, there's not a lot of teams that are looking for that type of quarterback. Hamilton maybe is I, I I don't know Ottawa won't be because they still have Mazzoli for another year. Hamilton maybe depends on how comfortable Choch is with Harris. Um, Toronto maybe yeah MBT is doing pretty good this year, but is is he their guy? I don't know. Winnipeg's not. Uh, there's no way in hell, but Levi Mitchell goes to place for Jones. I already know that. No, not a chance. And BC went out and got VA for a reason. So, in case Rourke is gone. So, uh, I, I I think Crow might be on the menu at uh, Mosaic Stadium next year. That's going to be uh, an interesting thing. If Jeremy O'Day were to go out and make that make that move whether it's via trade and then signing him after or signing Bo as a free agent which he nearly did a couple of years ago um but if he did it now there'll be a lot of people taking back what they said about Bo Levi Mitchell or a lot of more people doubling down on what they said about him because a lot of people say he's done I don't think he's completely done but he's not the Bo of old oh no and he's, he's not the bow that they rumored to offer three quarters of a million dollars for either so um but also Cody's a free agent too so they gotta make a decision on him as well so so would you say no to Bo if you're Jeremy O'Day if I'm J.O. and Cody and Bo are my only two options I make I make them compete in camp. I sign both for very cap friendly deals, and then that's it. Because what's the market for Cody this year? Like, there's not a lot of teams looking for quarterbacks this year. Everyone's kind of set at starter. There's a few question marks, but they're long term. They're on deals for next year already. So. It's the the Q, the QB market this year is really weird. It's going to be pretty quiet when it comes to that. Which will be a far cry from what it was the last couple seasons with all the all the one years and all the all the guys available over the last couple of years. But that 2019 market was wild. Because <laughs> it, 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 like I remember, because we heard the rumblings of Bo in Regina and the Riders were going to give him a huge deal, and Toronto offered him a huge deal too. And obviously Calgary was still in the mix. We had Claros coming off of 2018 on a one-year deal. They hadn't signed they hadn't signed him to an extension yet because they weren't 100 percent sure what to do with him. And then yeah, you hear the Riders were going to make Bo Levi Mitchell the highest paid quarterback in the league for almost three quarters of a million dollars. And you're like, what are they thinking? And he turned it down for whatever reason, supposedly. And then they signed Claros and then Claros goes down. And next thing you know, we're using BC's third stringer as a starting quarterback and win the West. Like it was a wild season. And then we end up trading that guy to, we end up trading uh, Claros to Toronto 
because they weren't happy with their quarterback situation. Then Winnipeg loses Nichols, so they trade <laughs> they trade for Claros, and Claros wins the Drake Cup. <laughs> like what a weird year. Yeah, well, we won't see anything like that coming up. No. I'm Jeremy O'Day. Now, this is assuming that the Riders do not win the Grey Cup. Because if they win the Grey Cup... Oh, yeah, they win the Grey Cup with Cody. We're stuck with them forever. Yeah, you have to stick with Cody. You have to. I don't don't know if you can bring in both. I I, I would agree that's what I would want to do. Bring in both. Let them compete. This is a complete open competition. And let the best player win the job. Uh, I just, I think they're looking so forward to the future in Ryderville that a one-year stopgap at quarterback isn't where they want to be. So I think they would actually would rather have Cody Fajardo. So I don't know the chances of Boldy of I Mitchell coming here are actually that high. I don't think there's a lot of options for him to go, but with the speculation of him coming here, I don't think it's as real as it's being speculated. I think a lot of people are pointing on who needs a quarterback and who's having quarterback issues right now. And it's the same thing with everyone going, Andrew Harris is going to be a rider because they wanted the best story of this heated enemy coming into the mecca, the mecca of Canadian football. I'm using air quotes, people. So uh, I love the chaos idea of it. I really do. Oh yeah, like it's it's going to it'd be a great story. We could see if we could get him to pose with uh, Steve again. It'd be great. Oh, he has to give Steve the finger again. Yeah. So, uh, like, I don't hate it, but Bo Levi is near his. Uh, end date but also what you have to think too is if somehow O'Day and or even if just O'Day survives this year he's on he's also in the final year of his contract he's in his lame duck year he, he probably wants to make a splash so he, he needs to make a splash and he needs to win because he, he can't he can't sell on a rebuild and expect to like a three-year rebuild when he only has one year left on his deal. Yeah. So he's in win-now mode. So if Cody can't get it done, I don't see them sticking with Cody. You you do that one-year stopgap. You get your guy behind Bo Levi. Learn from the winningest percentage quarterback the CFL has ever seen. And he's your de facto quarterback coach. I kind of want it to be the offseason already just so we can get the answer to this as much as I still am looking forward to the rest of the regular season and the playoffs here. I, I really am intrigued by what happens in this situation next year. So that'll be something to watch for sure. But in the meantime, right now, yeah, you're right. I mean, Bo Levi is not going to get traded in the season. So anybody thinking that it's going to happen, um, Calgary is going to look to offload him before the trade deadline. Ain't going to happen. If Calgary wasn't making the playoffs, maybe. You Maybe. have a better you have a better shot of getting Dane Evans out of Hamilton than but you do you're, getting. But when you're sitting in second place and you might need somebody to go into Winnipeg and win if something happens to Jake Mayer or he craps the bed in the first half of the West Final in Winnipeg, you have some somebody that you trust, clearly trust, to go in and, and come come from behind and win that game. Well, look at Hamilton last year. Like no one knew who was going to have the hot hand, Mazzoli or Evans, and they kept on switching back and forth, back and forth, because they had to. Yeah. And this year they don't have that option. <laughs> hey, what's going on with the Great Cup halftime show? We just found out the Super Bowl is getting Rihanna. Although I don't know how it went from Taylor Swift to Rihanna in two days. That was but, really uh, weird. Like, yeah, someone obviously got their wires crossed on that one. Yeah. Um, so Rihanna doing the Super Bowl halftime show, which is still 22 weeks away, give or take. John Chick's already punching something. I already know this. Oh, he's so mad about he, that. He, he, he's drafting tweets left and right. <laughs> he's already complaining about her clothes, and she hasn't even worn anything yet. 
But the Grey Cup is, what, 60 days away? Less than that? And we still have no idea. I thought they were supposed to announce this by now. Was Oh, is that that email for booking that I haven't answered yet? Can you play the jug? Um, I could try. Okay, because it, it might have to be a hootenanny. We, we might have to do this ourselves. Yeah, I'm I'm shocked, especially after they. Uh, okay, free media advice: don't say you're going to announce something; just announce it. Oh, we didn't, that, we didn't talk about that, did we? No, did we, we haven't talk about talked about, about it. Oh man, what that, a... that everyone sit. You're going to need to be sitting down tomorrow, and. They got eviscerated so quickly because there's no way in hell the hype they wanted to build was going to reach where they're at. And then they deleted the tweet, and the next day it was the Hunter Brothers at some, what, the indoor tailgate party? Yeah, indoor... The indoor tailgate party, which when you click on the link and look at the and go to buy a ticket, it's a hundred bucks. I like the Hunter Brothers. I think they're fine, and it'll be perfectly fine for an indoor tailgate event. They'll they'll they have a lot of upbeat, fast paced country music, and and that's what people here in Saskatchewan love. Uh, so like they'll be fine. There's nothing wrong with them. That's not something you uh, promote with. I, a, I was glad I was sitting be, down. You better be sitting down for this. Um, and for a hundred bucks, like come on well maybe that's why we had to be maybe that's why we were supposed to be sitting down because the price the price almost knocked us out yeah that was the thing that got me more upset than anything it's like 100 like 40 bucks sure 100 get lost but yeah no i'm at this point i'm I'm starting to worry that they had somebody and they backed out because like this should be announced by now i'm trying to remember when they announced the arkells I know they they announced Headley early that season because it was like beautiful out. I think it was like the game after uh, Labor Day. Like, I I I don't know, man. Like, get on it, CFL. All right. Well, there's the Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones. Um, we haven't talked about it yet. I think it's uh, it's time to and. Um, this will probably be the rant portion of the show. Jake Dolagala's one game suspension for getting a DUI, uh, in Emerald Park last weekend. Um, I have, I have thoughts about this one. I may, I made a tweet kind of joking, but also seriously as well. Um, Charleston Hughes hasn't taught the team anything. Um, first off, good on the riders PR for getting out ahead of this before court checks were looked up by media outlets um, Monday morning, Tuesday morning, and um, just getting out in front of it saying, this is what happened. So we're going to suspend him for a game, which is on par with what other players have gotten. Kenny Lawler last week, last year, got a Dewey and uh, that was a one game suspension for him. Um, okay, here's my question. Team. If a player doesn't play, it's so a one that, game suspension. Is it actually a suspension? And that's where my issues with this take start taking place. Okay, one game suspension, which is on par. Cool. This is a guy who doesn't make the active roster. So is it really doing anything? No, it does nothing. Now, this is something and and this is me saying that a getting a, a drunk driving charge is one of the most selfish things an individual can do, especially in this day and age where getting an Uber is literally five seconds away. You pull out your phone. Well, you're waiting no longer than what, 10 minutes, probably. Maybe oh, you're yeah. out in park, you're waiting 15 minutes, maybe tops. Yes. On, on, maybe. A, on a random weekend night in Regina. Yeah. It's not hard to get one. Yeah but it takes you five seconds to open the app, hit where you're going, home. Okay, cool. And then you hit, you want UberX? Cool, hit UberX, done. Like it's, it takes no time whatsoever. Now, I think 
and this isn't a knock on the riders. Maybe it's more so a knock on the CFL. I wish there was a, a, a program in place for players and maybe it's set up by each individual team. I don't know. But if you're going out drinking, cool. You're within your right to do that. But have a ride home. We'll pay for it if you're the riders. like, Or we'll pay half of it or something. Some sort of ride-sharing program. They need to have something for these guys. I don't know what the full answer is on that, but they have to have something. They need to have a car service on standby. It's that simple. Like this is like the number you call. Be- that way you don't have random people. Like, don't get me wrong. Nothing. Like, I I get Uber. Like, Steve drives Uber. That's fine. But a professional team, and once again, I'm using air quotes. If you have players out in the community, you should have a car service set up for them for situations like this. Because also the last thing you need is a bunch of players jumping in a vehicle, talking crap about everyone else in a community this small. Well, look what happened to those uh, Ottawa Sanders. They were on uh, um, dash cam, crashing uh, their players and their coach. And it it went out to the media. So this is why a professional team probably should have a car service. Yeah, so get something figured out. I, I wish... They would do that, but one game suspension. I would cut them straight up. Now, I get that stars will get a lot of leeway, but I also feel that Charleston Hughes should have been cut. If you're serious about this code of conduct, which seemingly doesn't exist anymore. Well, it's off the website. You can't find it anymore. Yeah, 404 not found. Because I think it's it's one of the worst things that somebody can do. Because it's like, it's just, it's so selfish. If you're serious about taking this stuff out and getting, and get, get, getting it out of the CFL, out of the league, and having... Like, don't get me wrong. Like, things happen with players. They all have, I shouldn't say they all have. They don't. Um, a lot of them have a, a, a past with with things that have gone on and, and whether it's a criminal past, like, whatever. I'm not saying everybody should be cut for something like that. But when you do this in the, in the season, you're done. And if you want to make an example, like, I, I don't, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of making an example out of somebody. But for something like this, you're done. We don't need that type of of negative press around us. I don't care how good of a player you are. It's even worse if you're a better player because you should know better that everybody's going to be watching you and everything you do. And how many kids look up to these players? Even though I've said, don't let your kids look up to players because I think that's silly. not a role model. Uh, no, yeah. and I and I get it, and you're not wrong. You, you are not wrong. And this is it's where do you draw that line? Because and people tell you say this all the time, and it's true. The, the CFL is a league of second chances, whether it's because they weren't good enough to begin with, they had some trouble in college, or whatever, or they for some reason they didn't get a look in the NFL. And it's it's not a guarantee that you should be able to play in the CFL, even if it's your second chance. And I get that. Looking at it from a roster position, technically speaking, until last week when they signed the, that Leslie Lewis or something, the Levi Lewis, sorry. They only had three quarterbacks on the roster. So if you cut Dalagala over this, and I'm not saying you shouldn't, that means you have, you're down to two quarterbacks with Cody and Mason Fine. One of them goes down, you're down to one quarterback. And then you need to bring someone in and get them up to speed in a hurry. Um, that, but that's a, that's a quarterback problem. Um, receivers, linemen, defensive backs. You have more players. You can definitely be a little more free with the cutting if you want to do that. So, yeah, the one game suspension is a joke for a guy who doesn't play. I don't know if cutting him is the answer either. 
for the team wise. And I'm not saying that's not the right reason to cut him, but I can see why as an organization, you would be hesitant to cut a guy when you just can't pull a guy out of the woodwork and throw him into the game. Yeah. I'm not suggesting that it's going to happen. I I know it's not going to happen. Though if you're, and the league is serious about no tolerance, like zero tolerance on this kind of stuff. Let's be serious about it then. Oh no! And like I said, I agree. Like maybe they need to do a program, or maybe they need to do some league community service. Like even though it's not like legally bound, it's 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 that part of the punishment where he has to go talk to a school or something. I don't care. But yeah, like. A one game suspension for a guy that doesn't play. All right, sure, why not? Um, it's yeah. There, there, there's no winner in this one. It sucks because no, you're right. It just it could have been a lot worse. Thank God it wasn't. So it sounds like he was the one who went to the riders and made his mistake immediately, which is good too. He didn't try hiding it. Yep. yep so absolutely. maybe maybe we can all move on and he learned his lesson and, and chances are he's probably not here next year. So. All right, well, let's get back to on-field stuff. Looking at this game coming up, riders at bombers. It's a healthier team than the last time these teams met at the banjo bowl. Are we going to see a close game this time? Or is it going to be another blowout like the banjo bowl turned out to be? As long as no one orders pizza in the middle of the night, I think we might be fine. Yeah, whatever you guys ate last time in Winnipeg, stay far away from there. Don't go anywhere near that spot. I, I was, I, I'm actually really surprised no one accused Obi Khan of uh, poisoning these guys with Formicon. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, I was in Winnipeg. I didn't get Formicon. What happened to me? Oh my lord. I just realized I was in Winnipeg last weekend and I didn't get Schwarmacon. I was going to uh, text you about that, but uh... I completely forgot. Anyway, um, I think it's gonna be a be- it better be a better game. There's no excuses this time around. You got your players back. You shouldn't have food poisoning. You only lost to them by a few at Labor Day. Like you, they had the they had Labor Day. So the going... first half of Banjo Bowl was close. And then everyone got tired and was trying not to poop themselves. So I I think this should be a better game. I I don't think they're going to win, but I think it's going to be a one-score game. You know, I'm with you on that. I really think this is going to be a close game. I think getting Dan Clark back and getting that O-line intact is going to be the big difference. It'll take a little bit for him to get back to game speed and and for the line to, you know, gel together, considering if you're going to have Taryn Vaughn, Logan Furland, and Dan Clark back, that's three out of five changing uh, from what you had last week. So it'll take a little bit of time for them to get up to speed together because um, O-line is always, you know, that and the secondary are the two positional groups that you need time together. You need to, you need to move together. You, you, you are a unit. Yeah. That's like everybody, everywhere else you can kind of get away with freewheeling. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, plugging and playing guys and, and it kind of works, but those are the, those are the two that uh, just, just need that extra bit. And I mean, I guess it's a good thing. I'm, I'm expecting them to lose this game because I hope that it just gets them <laughs> moving in the right direction towards the playoffs um because if they can if they can keep this one close then there's absolutely no reason why they should lose to hamilton the week after and that would basically clinch a playoff spot and have them rolling in the right direction and building confidence going into those two calgary games this needs to be a momentum game like if win or lose they need to have some four momentum coming out of this game and Um, no injuries and no injuries, no, no more. Yeah. And it's also uh, Truth and Reconciliation Night. Uh, Winnipeg's wearing their Star Blanket logo. Yep, and uh, both teams are going to wear orange jerseys in the pregame warm-ups. 
which is going to be pretty cool. And they're going to raffle those off for uh, um, youth youth programs, I believe it was. And I'm not, and uh, I had a meeting tonight with the Thunder, and we're also doing a an Indigenous night on our last home game. But uh, I found out tonight because they were talking with some of the people dealing, doing the rider stuff. And it's either, I don't know if it's our game or the BC game because it's a double header. Um, one of the referees is definitely going to be calling out penalties in Dene. Oh, awesome. Is, is what I've been told. So that's going to be interesting. Um, and I think in BC, actually, they're doing their uh, uh, first 10,000 fans in the stands get. Uh... Yep, there. Getting orange shirt as well too, so yeah, with their indigenous logo on it as well. So yeah, and uh, I like uh, Ottawa has one as well too, which was designed by Argo Fluffy. So even an Argo fan uh, getting a little bit of love in Ottawa. So that was pretty uh, pretty cool to see. Definitely. All right, so the games this week. Let's uh, let's do our pick them here. First game up, it's uh, the Riders at Winnipeg on on Friday night. And I think we both said it. We expect Winnipeg, but in a close in a close game. game. It's it's not it's not it's not going to be the banjo bowl. God, I hope not. We don't need a number two of that. No. Um, Ottawa at BC. BC. Yeah, BC. Even though they looked terrible last week. Can um, I can I go to mini round about Ottawa fans for one quick second? Yes, please do. I've seen a lot of really weird takes about firing Lapo, <laughs> and I, 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 and I, I like Cranky, I do, and I, I hate to name him on this one, but the fact that he's he wanted Ottawa to come out and say, "Hey, we would love to fire Lapo. It's just too expensive," and then there was a bunch of people that got mad at that, saying, "Then oh my God, Oseg has no mo- no money anymore if they can't afford to pay two coaches," and I'm like. Does no one understand how this works? One, if they come out and say we'd fire Lapo if we could, no one's going to want to work there because that just means your ownership is going to throw you under the bus anytime crap goes sideways. And two, the coach's cap's in place. Lapo does two jobs. He's not doing either job effectively. I give you that. So you fire him, you are going to have to find someone to replace the offensive coordinator and the head coach at the same time. So, yeah, technically speaking, they'll be paying three coaches because they still got to pay Lapo because he signed a, a pretty good deal. And then he can go double dip on TSN again like he did last time. So, Ottawa, like, just relax. Your season's done. Don't worry about it. it ain't getting any better. Firing Lapo right now is not going to bring people back to the stands. No, he'll get canned in the offseason, which is the appropriate time to do it with the coach's cap. Unless you're going to fire somebody early in the year, it makes no sense to do it. The only, way, the only way you can fire a head coach in the CFL is if you're the GM and you're willing to go coach yourself. See Danny Machocha, see Jim Pop. That's it. Unless if you you're have promoting no desire to coach, you're not going to fire your head coach. Unless you're promoting a guy on your staff who can be a head coach and coordinator as well, which – We've seen that time and time again. It's not nec- it, It's not for everybody. It's really not. But like I said, with with this situation, you're technically firing both your head coach and your offensive coordinator. So then you got to promote a guy to do three jobs because they're also going to well, have to do whatever else they're doing. Though at the same time, with how bad their offense has been, that may not be the worst thing. Just call just just street ball. Just call it the line. <laughs> just, just send Caleb Evans out there and just start telling guys to just let him freelance. Yeah, uh, you you running out, you run a hitch, and uh, you know uh, you run a rub. Let's go, come on. Yeah. Run around, right. and get open. Yeah, <laughs> hook and ladder. Uh, Nothing but hook and ladder the entire time. Yeah, um, but yeah, Ottawa's not firing anybody until after the season. Um. I think we're both going to be consensus on this one because this one is in Edmonton, Montreal at Edmonton, Montreal. And this, and then Edmonton's going to fire their head coach. So, man, that's a tough job for that GM to fire their coach. Yeah, I know. Uh, um, yeah, Montreal is going to 
Mm. I can't pick a Danny Machocha-led team. This is tough. But it's Edmonton at home. They haven't won at home in three years. <sighs> Can Danny Machocha be sick that game? Can he order the pizza at night? Well, maybe they maybe they stop. Maybe they have a, a stopover in, so uh, in Winnipeg. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, and the final game of the week, Toronto at Calgary. I like the stamps in this one. I think Toronto keeps it close. I don't think they win. I think the stamps. I think the stamps win, but I think Toronto keeps this one close. I think Saskatchewan Winnipeg is probably going to be the most going to be the more entertaining game of all the games this weekend. But I think Toronto Calgary is going to be right up there with it. That'll be a sneaky good game, I think. As we get to the. The last little bit of the uh, the playoff race here. A couple teams left to clinch, and hopefully one of them is the Riders. Uh, if they can get a little bit of help and uh, just roll into the playoffs. Because like you said, it's a one-game series in the playoffs. Anything can happen. We've seen that happen way too many times in the CFL. So just, just get there. But that's going to do it for us this week here on the Piffles Podcast. Of course, the Piffles Podcast is brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. And special thanks, as always, go out to Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty, Churchill Brewing Company, and Kurt Angle for their support making this show possible. Why do you laugh every single time I say that? I, I just love the fact that we're thinking Kurt Angle. Hey, just... Hey, anybody who says that we don't suck, they get a thank you. Wow. So that's and... why it's a short list. Yeah, that's why it's only Kurt Angle, yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Piffles Podcast is also a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network. This is Ghost Behind Your Mind by Tyler Gilbert. The Ghost Behind Your Mind.